On today's podcast, we talk about injustice. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. A quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who we also talk about in today's podcast. We deal with the 50 years since his death. We talk about Stefan Clark, young lady in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, a host of other issues that's plaguing our communities around the country. We create a conversation around these areas of injustice. Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation. Hopefully you gain some insight, some inspiration, and maybe some legs to do the work once we complete this conversation. You're listening to the Wolves Podcast. Uh, we're at another episode of the Wolves Podcast. The Straight Raw Podcast is us, the Wolves. You can find us at W-O-L-B-E-S-P-O-D at Wolves Pod. Um, actually, our website is done. We just haven't watched it yet. So you, you, your building fund money has been you've been used for good use. Uh, we just haven't uh, set it up uh, just yet, but we're about to do that very quickly and very soon. How's everybody doing today, though? Man, I'm good on this rainy day. Yeah, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, it's rainy, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing just, fine. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're back. I know it's been a minute since uh, the last one we do. The blackest month ever was the last one that we did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, we got something new for you today. Uh, this is our next episode. It is Injustice Anywhere. I'm going to go ahead and let Dakari uh, give us an introduction to this one. Well, last month we talked about uh, the blackest month ever, right? Right. Uh, we talked about just being extremely excited about being black. I thought that was pretty cool. But this month, uh, things have went back to normal in the world. Uh, no more Wakanda. Well, right. yeah, yeah, we left Wakanda and we're back. in Donald's uh, forever. Yeah, we're, we're back in California and we're back in... All other parts of the world where uh, being black is not cool. For example, mm. uh, Stephen Clark, if I'm saying his name, or Stephen Clark, if I'm saying his name, is gunned down in his grandmother's backyard. This is in Sacramento? Sacramento, Sacramento California. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing protests around the country dealing with that. Um, we have also uh, been afforded the opportunity to witness another police officer who was at home with his feet up. Um, who participated in the killing of Alton Sterling, which we saw on television. Right. Uh, television and YouTube and all the other outlets on social media. Uh, and they're talking about MLK, MLK's anniversary. How yeah. many years? What, 50? 50 years. Since his assassination. Uh, that's interesting, too. Right. Uh, but then, locally... We have a story of a young lady who was indicted on 217 counts of money laundering. That's just fucking ridiculous. Uh, she's a black girl. Of, of course. course. <laughs> so today's episode, we're going to talk about this. I think uh, we're all kind of bothered mm-hmm. by it. And uh, I think due to the rain, it's not helping with our moods either. So uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, I think what would be really cool, though, before we even get to that, is to open up this, this, uh, this show... By asking, have any, either of you guys ever experienced an injustice? Hell yes. It's like waking up in the morning. <laughs> like, shit, I am from Cleveland. That is every single day. I remember I went to a, um, I'll just, I'll, I'll share one that sticks out very, um, it sticks out in my memory. Um, I, I went to a Catholic high school and uh, I remember like the, the dean of, um, not the dean of students, the dean of um, applicants or whatever you call it, um, to get admissions. That's admissions. what it is. Admissions. Uh, she's a white woman, 
had to be in her like forties, fifties. Okay. I remember she uh of course, I have like a, a picture with all the black kids in my school, and it's a four by six, and it's plenty of room. Like, okay, wasn't wasn't a whole lot of us. Right. And the dean of admissions told us the only reason um, they let us in the school is because we were good at sports. And uh, I was like fifteen, fucked my life up. Like clearly, like I was like, wait, wait a minute, like, yo, my mom would pay tuition, like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember that clear. Um, I can tell you another one. I remember um, me and my brothers went to a club in downtown Cleveland, and uh, we were in my dad's car. He had a Benz, and uh, um, my brother always finds ways to do things uniquely. So we parked in the back of the club, and we went through the back door of the club. Well, when we were coming back to the car from, from being out, the police stop us, draw guns on us, and tell us we stole this damn car. Oh, wow. Like... Had us pent up and like argued with us that we stole this car. Had us handcuffed. Everything. What proof? What proof do they have? No proof, right? They don't have to have proof. That that. <laughs> what proof do they have for anything? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was those are two two that stick out of my uh, in my head real quick, real fast without much thought. Wow. What about you, Eric? I have a few. Uh, matter of fact, if you want to be honest about it. Um, First one I'm trying to think of was just at the daycare that I was at. Um, but, well, you know what? I know we just talking about race issues, but I kind of feel like we need to talk more about injustice issues. So I think about this one. This was when I first uh, crossed my fraternity that I was in, and we had our convention or our regional uh, conference, and it was in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, which is why I'll never ever go back. Uh, and while we were there, uh, there everybody was just having love or whatever, and uh, all you see is like a Delta and an AKA start fighting. So one of the brothers actually goes over to stop the fight. Uh, while he's in the middle of the fight, the cops don't know what's going on. They just rush over there. They think it's him trying to fight uh, uh, one of the girls. So they just take him to the ground and start beating him. So I actually literally run over there and say, no, 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 sir, that's actually not what happened. Uh, he was trying to stop the fight, take a baton, pop, and hits me in, hits me in my rib cage. Before I knew it, they done grabbed all the bros up. They done threw us out of the hotel uh, within that scenario. To this day, I have not been back to Kansas City. And oh, wow. I just think that, and he actually spent the jail, he spent the night in jail that night. He had to actually come back for court, so our fraternity uh, lawyers had to come and try to help out the situation. I think ultimately he still had to plead uh, guilty. He had still had, yeah, he still had to plead guilty uh, to assault when, in actuality, the whole purpose of all he was trying to do was stop a fight from happening so that we could have a good time at this party. Uh, and it just always still messed me up because, you know, it's, in, in one reference you look at it as uh, cops are there uh, to defuse the situation. But in one, but really in this situation, they incited everything that happened in that situation. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. We could have easily stopped the fight between the two ladies and it had been done. But instead, he made it look as if we, that the fraternity itself was trying to tear down the hotel. And so we were actually never allowed to even come back to that hotel. Wow. Yeah. That's just one. I, I mean, I have so many stories. I've been... <laughs> I think... I think, I think I haven't told you about, like, the ones that happened to Mandy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's kind of like mine, you know. Uh, I think just being black in general, uh, we're going to probably face a lot of injustices. Uh, I feel like we could just have stories for days. With yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a lot of it. I think mine came when I was a student at Vanderbilt. Um, I remember uh, trying to um, engage in a study group. Right. And... What they didn't know is I had an end to a particular person in that study group, and they had it on Facebook where you had to uh, 
I guess you had to like ask for permission at the time. That's when pages became really popular on Facebook. Okay. You had to ask for permission to join the group. Okay. Well, one of the guys uh, said, "Oh man," uh, I said, "I tried to get him get in the group, but uh, I couldn't get in." He said, "Oh yeah, the group is closed now." I thought, "Oh cool." So one of our uh, one of our friends who uh, just happened to not be black, she said, "I'm gonna try to join the group." So she was able to join the group right away. Like it was like right away, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." So I said, I need you to do some research for me and figure out, uh, how are you able to get in the group? So she said, once she got in the group, she started talking to him about me and a few other uh, black students. And one of the comments that came out of the, the Vanderbilt Divinity School study group was, they don't want any black people in this group. They don't think you all are smart. Dun, dun, dun. I was like, yo, that's crazy. And you kind of want to feel like you would be surprised about that, but really, why? Why, yeah. why would we be surprised about something we already knew in the first and, damn place? And you know what? I realized, I remember after the first exam with uh, Dr. Burns uh, in, uh, I don't know if it was formation, I think that was the name of the class. I remember kicking all their asses on that first test. And I was like, oh, I guess you're smart. You had that extra motivation. I was just, it was just more like, I just, all right, that's cool. That I mean, this is where we are with it, you know. Uh, 2007, 2008, we with the shit. Right. So, cool. And now we are in 2018 and we're still with still the shit. Still with the shit. Right. So, I mean, those are our stories, but hey, let's talk about, let's talk about, I want to talk about Alton Sterling first. We saw this on, on video, right? This is down in Louisiana. Um, and it's interesting because I think his and, uh, what was the, uh, Philando Castillo, they all happened, I think, within a like, week of yeah, each other. Like, yeah, very show. close proximity of time. Uh, we saw this on camera. Both, Yes. This is this isn't the first time we've seen somebody Eric Garner. He was his was on camera. Uh, why do you think these officers just are getting away with murder? This is not like an accident. This was this is just flat out murder. Wait, and I mean these are guys that aren't trying to fight them or kill them. They had this guy pinned down on the ground with knees on his arms. You know he had no option other than to lay there, but he was still murdered. What do we do with that? You understand the silence that's going on in this room during this podcast because we really don't have an answer. I don't know. I'm going to let one of y'all start this off. Why don't you start with answering your own question, at least your first response with it. What do you think? They don't really care about us. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really, that's the song, right? <laughs> they don't really care, but I, I just don't think we're valued as a, as a people. Um... Haven't been for a while. Mm. Um, not even said for a while. We just never have been. And it's easier, in my opinion, at this point in time, to to to, to kill a black person and be free. Mm. Um, then it's just easy. It's it's just this is what we do. It has become the norm. Um, the ways in which we're viewed by society and the world. Uh, we've always been a threat. Um, <laughs> our brilliance has always been under surveillance. Our, um, our bodies have always been um, something to play with, like in a gym. We became the real-life boxing bags for white America. And I just think they don't care. Yeah, I think I'm going to come at this in a, another direction for me. And I think what I have to say on this is, is that 
Well, let me start with this first piece. Um, I'm, a, I'm an organizer. That's what I've always been trained for. I've been for at least over the last 10 years, if not 12. Uh, I've always been trained in community organizing, political organizing. And so uh, I look at power very differently. I don't look at it as, you know, evil forces always had this power. I look at power as the ability to do something. That's that's the word, the Latin word, pateri. Um So one thing that I understand with that is that power is never giving to you. You have to take power. Uh, so in a lot of these situations, what bothers me is that I'm not really thinking about the piece of they don't really care about us. Uh, the question is actually a little different in my head. More of my question or more of my response to a lot of this is, is why are we needing so much of their approval? Why do we need so much of their value in these situations? And I understand the point that we want to get at, like government's not doing its job. Police ain't doing their job. But I think for me, sometimes it really bothers me to see a lot of us jump on social media. As this is our place to have our voice, when in actuality it's like, why? I, I like the way Pac said it one time. Uh, if you go to somebody's house, uh, you might knock on the door and say, please, sir, let me in. They don't let you in. You shut the door. So you knock a little harder. Please, mm-hmm. door, let me in. They still don't open the door. You bring a couple of friends with you. Please, let me in. They still don't, Before you know it, you keep that motherfucker in. And that's kind of how I think about power. A lot of things is that the truth of the matter is, is that the systems, and I don't want to say systems, the people that have put the systems together are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. I think the question back for us is, is, are we doing what the fuck we supposed to do? And what I mean by that a lot of times is, if we're not pushing people to do their job, why the fuck would they do their job? If we're not going in there pushing legislation, if we're not going in there uh, kicking in the door saying, you know what, I voted for you, I need you to do my job. Or just in one way, we just go in there and say, you know what, I'm tired of who you are, we're going to turn this over, we're going to make sure that our voices are heard, I don't expect us. And so I guess sometimes for me, my frustration is, is that, it's easy for us to jump on our social media, uh, and I'm not even going to disrespect people that shut down that shut down freeway systems. I get you, your points loud and clear, but at the end of the day, that's where the voting process comes into me. That beyond the voting process, that's where I want to go in and say, are you upholding and making sure these people are voting for this? Are we doing our jobs to say that the people that represent us truly represent us, instead of going with the easy, we're just it's antiquated system, we should screw it, or should we think about another standpoint of nobody does anything. If you're ready to get this, you go to war for it. And I just don't think sometimes we're looking for our value in, in other people because, in essence, maybe we don't value ourselves. And so that's kind of what I, I have. I, I, agree. I, I, have I, I agree, but I think we cannot. I know, Nick, you want to say something, but I don't think we can dismiss the fact that voting does not dismiss evil cops. Like, we, right. we, we don't vote cops in. But we do vote. We do vote in the people that do put them in place. When you talk about a police chief. But, so, but, but even when you talk about the mayor. But, and, and, I, and I'm going to hate to go here, but I got to go here. Uh, because I do love her to death, but I'm, I'm gonna say it. I think there was really a pair, there was really a conflict with now seeing that our our, our defunct mayor, uh, Mayor Barry, uh, seeming as if the police chief had more power over her, and now we see the situation of he has something on her in that situation where people have been pushing her to do her job to say, hey, we need community oversight, which they're still pushing for right now in Nashville. I was gonna say, now she's gone. Now are we gonna have it now? They're still pushing. You know, what I mean, side. like, I don't, I don't want to blame like her for this because that's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah, saying I get what you're she saying. She has some, member. yeah. And and our thing is, is that people stay in office because and people we don't. were were pushing her to the limit and questioning her and calling her to the carpet. I think it's a bigger issue than just voting who we vote for. Well, let me go further. I think us as black folks can say that, right? But somebody want her ass out of office now. She's out of office. And what I'm saying by that is that somebody is using their power, whatever that is, to make sure that whatever their interests, whatever their needs are, are getting met. And with us, a lot of times, we're always waiting for somebody else to give us what we want instead of just saying, fuck that, let's take it. 
Okay, but to this situation with Alton and Sterling, how the fuck do you take that shit? How how the fuck do you take this shit? Like I'm, I mean, like legitimately, yeah. there's nothing you can take in this situation. We can't go and say it was take like, the, you know. I mean, like, what the fuck did we do? Nothing. They That's here. They can, but they didn't. What can they do? I mean, like legitimately, I'm not even trying to be argumentatively, right. like argumentative. Just tell. I think what? a lot of times for us in these situations is is that we think just because somebody wanted the one this and we got defeated on this, that's it. That's the end all be all for us. There's still an opportunity that that should really piss them off so much that they can overhaul that whole damn system. I think the problem with a lot of times with us is is that we look for quick fix solutions and then we think it's done. And we don't ever put accountability in place. And what I'm saying on this piece is is that there still is a police chief that made this decision. There are judges that put these decisions in place. People are put in place by us or not by us. Not by and us. we have to. Well, what I'm saying, not by us, a lot of times is because we won't participate. And I get I'm that. Not, and I'm not. And I'm not one of the motherfuckers that's on the voting piece. There were people just always saying vote. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I what I am saying is, is that if you anybody, I you. If, if I was if I was in a business and I wanted to make money. I don't just put my money in that motherfucker and then allow it to make money. No, I go in there. I got you. The, ju- the judges that sure were voted, coming. the judges that were voted in, they need to be held accountable for Alton. You know, what I'm saying? I, I get, I get that point. I think, I think in that regard. But when it comes to, but again, it's gonna be whenever their term is. What the fuck happens now? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get you. Yeah, because that's what happened with the prosecutor and the bullshit with Tamir. They got his ass out in Cleveland. But again, what happens in the interim? What gives this family some fucking peace? They never have peace. What gives their friend? I mean, though they will never get this man back. I'm not saying that. Okay. But what gives them some kind of resolution? Some kind of a thought that, like, yo, yeah, like I get what you're saying, right? But who's to say these judges ain't in office for another two, four years? And who's to say they can't do this shit again, repet- repetitively? But again, what I want us to realize is that this is a system, and so let's not just look at one position. We need to look at the whole board. And a lot of times, what it is is that yes, this situation within the judge. But what I am saying is is that if you want to look, if you want to, if you if you're in a war, you don't just look at one particular spot only. You look at that spot plus the context of what is in that spot. And so what I would want to know, because this is in Louisiana, right, with Alton Sterling, what part yeah. of Louisiana? Baton Rouge. I think Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge yeah. I don't know. I don't know the political system in, in Baton Rouge. Yeah. I don't know the the economic sphere, all these different things. I don't but know for the me, South. <laughs> but more, what I'm saying is, is that there are traces, there are trends, there are a lot of work. That needs to be done to understand this context to say that, you know what, to get rid of this, we have to do this. And that requires a lot of work. And at the end of the day, let's just be honest, we're looking for quick fix solutions instead of putting in the goddamn work for it to happen. And I'm not fighting against this. I've had I've had homies get shot, killed. I've had I understand all this. Right. But it's probably what has pushed me into being an organizer that pushed me even more when I was within the faith community to do work on the other half. Both of you all are ministers. And within this, y'all are still fighting a system that y'all understand is very bigger than yourselves. But yet, y'all continue to fight within that, and you're looking at different ways. I think from the faith system, just like with the political system, we have to understand that this fight is not going to be immediate. No, nobody's nobody's questioning that. I do think we need some immediate that there should be some immediate actions that are are or some immediate consequences to these. Now, I do think that I'm not saying that it should be over tomorrow, but I do think somebody's head needs to roll, somebody's job needs to be some. Some yeah. shit needs to happen. Like, like it is not, not fair to black, black bodies. I think this is where the black power part comes in with me. It's like, well, burn that motherfucker down. Well, wait, wait, look, I think I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm lying. I'm sorry. I'm not on this nonviolent kick because that does not always work for us. But what I am saying is, is that if you want to show your power, you better find some way to show it. I'm not telling you go in there, kicking the door, shoot everybody to death. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that if you want to show your power, goddamn it, show your power. 
The, well, and you can do this. There's more of us than it is of them. The problem is, is when we get in our head, their power equals more than us instead of us going the other way around and saying they can only do what we allow for them to do. Well, I, I, I think I think what's, what's, what's true is there's nothing we can do about Alton now, right? They're, they're, they're in terms of his case, life. His life. I think we do have another opportunity here, though. And that's moving right into our next our next topic. Okay. Mr. Clark, right? Nothing's been done with this yet. This is fairly new, what, maybe a week and a half old? Yeah, I think it just came across my phone. His so, funeral's going on right now. Explain yeah. the story right now, Nick. Explain the story for our um, So, from everything I've read now, it could be some more updates since then, but young man was in his uh, backyard um, just chilling, and uh, supposedly the police were looking for a suspect who I think had been breaking into cars, supposedly with a crowbar. Um, there was a helicopter involved, a police helicopter involved in the story, and they spotted someone. They they said the uh, suspect looked like um, Mr. Clark. Okay. And uh, they spotted Mr. Clark in the backyard, and they told, I guess, the cops who were on foot or what have you, that they see the suspect, and he was armed. Um, some reports say he, they told him, told them that he was armed with a a gun, um, and then it came back he was armed with a crowbar. Um, But the police went into these people's property in the backyard, and um, um, they shot uh, Mr. Clark, I think, 20 times, and uh, found out the only thing that he was armed with was a cell phone. So did they have probable cause to jump into the yard? or These are some of the questions I'm trying to understand. Especially if you say somebody had, or was it just the fact that saying he had a weapon is probable cause? I'm not. I'm not sure how the system works. I can't even answer. I don't. Supposedly, even know what I, well, I believe because they were the suspect was near. Supposedly, um, that gives them kind of some type of rights. To, and, and you know to the argument the that a lot of people say, "Why was he running?" I ain't gonna lie to y'all. There, there is a fear. There's a real fear with black men and police officers that people cannot. Black understand. people and police I mean, I know. officers. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But, but I, but I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, let me, let me not say not. Because I know y'all don't get on me about that. Uh, no, not, I'm saying I have yeah, legitimate yeah, no, fears. Like me, like, I, 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 I've literally been in a situation where I'm like, I ain't, I haven't done anything wrong. Like, when I got pulled over recently, and I literally kept driving until I got to, you know, a spot where it was a lot of people. Like, he was like, why do you keep driving? Hell, you ain't going to kill me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the dark, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, they, they got to record my shit, too. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, and so I'm, I just think that I, I'm afraid that argument is about to happen. Like, why was you running? And I don't know, man. If you ever been in a situation like that, man, it's like, man, even if I ain't do anything, that shit's scary. I mean, the crazy thing, honestly, I don't know this whole story. Yeah. So I don't. I didn't know nothing about the running. I just knew that a black man got shot in his grandmama's yard. Yeah. And I don't know if he was running. Well, that's, that's so did he have a record? I'm, uh, what I mean by this, well, this is what I mean. They were coming after him because he had a warrant after him. No, he was not. They weren't. It was a suspect who was breaking into car windows. He okay. fit, quote unquote, the description. Because he's black. Yeah, young and black. So he could be like four foot eleven. The guy that he was looking for was five twenty five. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and they seven feet. Motherfuckers taller than Shaq. But he's black, so he fits the description. Got it. Okay. Yeah, but so they they were chasing somebody, um, and the suspect was supposedly running. Okay. So with the helicopter, the helicopter tells them that you know a guy who fits this description of the suspect is in this backyard, and so they come into the backyard. And they fucking go tombstone on this man, you know, like they just open fire twenty shots. Um, yeah, they twenty shots. Um, you know, they're saying the investigation is still open. 
Um, and so, you know, there's some things we just, we haven't heard quite yet. You know, they're not certain if they even, if the cops even said anything to him before they opened fire or what, that's still yet to be seen. But I mean, certainly 20 shots for breaking car windows. I I think that's a little excessive. How many fucking cops were they? I thought it was on like maybe two or three, but that's a lot of fucking bullets. Yeah. (laughs) This is a story. Like I said, I don't, I really don't know this whole story. Um, what I do, what I did see was his brother, uh, tore down that uh, council, that that, kept that city board meeting, and yeah. jumped up and uh, jumped on the seat. I yeah, watched that this morning. Started saying Stefan Clark the whole time and screaming louder, louder. And and I mean, I thought they showed their presence in there. And, and what I was told, because I have a friend that's actually living in Sacramento right now, she's a sorority sister, and she said like they weren't allowing them to do nothing. They're trying to quiet this down, dead this. Uh, I think um, the police chief or whatever, mm-hmm. I think the fraternity, and I think they were trying to have the the people surround him. And I think. This is where another question I think comes up for me is because the police chief is black. Does that still stop the injustice of the of the of the um, of the police brutality that's going on? Because what we because what we saw in this situation is that people try to say, "Hey, he's a black guy. He really wants to do this done. We just need to watch and follow and see what gets done." But on the other end, some people are going to say, "No, this is injustice, and it doesn't matter who the person exactly. is. We right. know who it who is the target of it, and we know what happens from it." Exactly. I don't think we should. No one gets a pass for justice no one should get a pass like you know like this is excessive you know um yeah it's a black police chief great we happy you got to see that should push you even more to make sure justice comes through like i I don't know we shouldn't sit and give this man or anybody a chance to sit back in and i get so frustrated because these cops are on paid leave they at home with their family raising um their 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 funds to fight this case and, and 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 chilling they get to say goodbye to their children um they get whatever, um, what do you call it? The union, the fire, the police department union is coming to their aid. They get a union rep. They get all that, you know, the blue wall of silence and all that bullshit. But uh, it, that's why I always say, like, you know, people always like, oh, cops ain't bad. Well, show me the ones who stand up against this shit. Them, them the ones, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to say something. Like, this shit is wrong. 20 shots? Even if this this was the dude who was busting out car windows, it's car fucking windows. Insurance pays for car windows being busted out. Like, let's be for car windows and you shoot this man 20 times? Nah. Yeah, I I don't even know why. What fucking kind of... What? what? I just... I'm stuck. Like, what? Ain't no words for it. Like... Like, I this mean, shit is the okay corral. Like, this some old Tombstone, Wild like, West shit. Like, hey. You just out here to shoot motherfuckers. Yeah, it, it just, they just... They doing that soldier boy shit. What soldier boy shit? They're like, <laughs> da, 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 da. You know, it's like, what? what? Just randomly just, like, hey, hey, there's, there's a nigga. Yow, yow, yow. You know, like... <laughs> he looks like he'll bust the window. Yeah, shoot him again. You I know? think what's interesting out of all this for me, though, is the fact of... I get y'all's question about what do we do? But I think the other thing is, how do we feel? And I ask that question because it's a shame that I look at the TV now and I'm very numb. Yeah. Like, yeah. I knew already Alton Sterling's killer. And that's what he is. Yeah, nobody expected his ass. He no. wasn't going to get anything. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw it, it wasn't like, what? It was, water's wet, nigga. We knew what was about to happen in this situation. But I, I don't really want to feel like that. Yeah. And I think on the other part, again, of what I'm pushing on is like, when do we, as people, get so pissed off that we make the change happen? And so sometimes, I don't know if it's like a reflection on we waiting on somebody else before we jump, or we do jump and we get beat up in a, in a standpoint, or do we just continue to allow what's happening to happen? 
And then, you know, let's throw this out here. Um, this is a this is a religious podcast, liberal religious podcast. Where's God at in this? Where's the church at in this? When these situations are happening, what is our duty as, or what is the duty of the church? What is the duty of Christians? What is the what is our thought process? What does our study of God tell us within these situations? What do we do at these times? Because truthfully, niggas have been slaves. What a niggas wonderful time to ask this question on Good Niggas. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, and Good Friday tomorrow, too, even Listen. though this will be out way after this and Easter. I'm but sorry. More, but, more, yeah. but, in, but still, with all this, though, what does this say about the black church when truthfully you want to say, man, fuck the black church? Ain't nothing happened over all these two to three hundred years in America. Man, I think uh, like the black church's greatest sin is that we make Christ a liar. When he says greater works are these, um, you'll be able to do greater works. Mm-hmm. We ain't did that shit. Somewhere and I in think, the scriptures. Somewhere in the scriptures. Huh? Somewhere in the scriptures. Somewhere. Yeah. I think that's the, the greatest shit, like the greatest sin of the church. And I think, you know, for too often, we've always begged um, the powers that be for a seat at the table. And we never, you know, some of our religious leaders, they had that little token seat and they never wanted to do anything to, to, uh, uninvite them from the table. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, now I think we, there's a new crop, not a new crop. I think there's a new energy or not even a new energy. I think there is, um, I don't know how to put that or how to word that rather, but I do think there are some, some young religious leaders who are, are, are stepping up to the plate. I think there are some churches who are stepping up to the plate. Um, of course, like anything, you know, um, in media, you know, those lights very rarely get shined on those places and those, uh, those people and those communities of faith who, who actually do the work. Um, unfortunately, right. Um, but sometimes they, they're busy trying to, you know, do the work and, and keep lights on too. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're never going to be the most popular with tens of thousands of members or hundreds of thousands. You know what I mean? Like that just doesn't seem to be happening. So they doing the work and also trying to do the work to, to sustain themselves as well. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, where, are, what is, what is God saying in this? Yeah, I'm gonna come back to that. Mm. Ricardo, okay. what you got for us? I don't know. I I uh I struggle with this because I I I think just to be brutally honest, I'm not sure where God is in all of this. I, I don't mm. I, I don't I don't know where God ex where God is when evil exists. I don't know. Um, I also also if we think about it from a faith space, uh, the Bible said that Jesus' message spread throughout, right? But not necessarily his works. Um. And I don't think that I don't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare. I guess I'd be a heretic to say this, but I, I. We are. We're doing this podcast. We're already heretics. Yeah, but but I but I'm not saying that Jesus was limited. But Jesus didn't heal everybody. I mean, that's just that's just a fact that Jesus was not in a lot of places where probably healing needed to take place. Um, and there were needs all around the world, and Jesus wasn't in all parts of the world. So what's that say about the church? As that says the church too, in my opinion. Now I would probably argue this compared to Jesus that the church is somewhat well. I, don't, I can't really say we're limited because I think we're everywhere. I think churches okay. are, churches exist. Christian Christianity, I think, exists in most parts of the world. I think, um, but again, I think that um, we're not in. I, I just don't think. 
it's just it's weird to kind of say where the church should be, because I don't think the church really has a mission as it once did. But I think, and I think everybody, I mean, from the Reformation period, every denomination, all the things that came out of that, start developing their own ideas around what people needed, right? Because I mean, Martin Luther he was clear about what he thought people needed, and it's the same way with Black Church. The AME Church started based on what they thought black folks needed. Same way with black Baptist churches. We create them. And I think because we, I'm not sure if we know what our message is because a lot of churches won't engage in social anything. Right? They, they, they're just not a church. That's gonna, you're not going to see them out saying, we're going to march, we're going to participate. You won't see a lot of that. Uh, I remember, uh, uh, I can't even think of the guy's name right now, but I remember talking about that's just not what the church should be about. Politics over here churches over here. So I'm just not sure um, what the church response should be. I know what my response is, and I operate within and without outside of the church. Um, but I can't make that the same model message for the entire body. Um, now we're talking just about black church? Because white church is speaking very clearly about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Say more about that. Well, I mean, we have uh, these white pastors are speaking. Their approach uh, was, was the dude who lost in Georgia. Roy Moore? Alabama. Alabama, yeah. Uh, yeah. They were, you know, pro him, pro Trump. They're they're speaking very loud and clear. Um, you know, they have no problem speaking loud and clear. Um, I think unfortunately black churches and pastors seem to have, you know, and I don't know if that's because our hands are tied or what, you know. I mean, a lot of black churches are very quiet. Um, a lot of um, you know, uh, what I'm trying to think, Paula White, who who made right. good money off of black bodies. Um, yeah, you know. Um, Spiritual advisor. You, you know what? Go ahead. I was gonna. I mean, they 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 even wrote pen the Nashville letter. Uh, what was that? The yeah. Nashville yeah, le- statement letter. or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, Southern Baptist has no problem speaking up and saying things. Um, which which makes me now I'm a little disgusted. You know, our our black religious leaders. You know, kind of. Which is interesting, right? Because didn't they just uh, resign? Uh, the the president of Southern Baptist just resigned, right, over sexual immorality issues. I don't know. So that says yes. even that's interesting that they they have him sit down, but they they're not doing that with Trump and all these. Uh, but but which I think I think and it's gonna go right into our next topic. I'm curious to know if a lot of this, the reason why the black church is silent, is it is that does it have something to do with the economy, right? Is our position tied to what we can get from certain spaces? And when you talk about Dr. King, you talk about this, what really, in my opinion, what really got him killed, <laughs> you know, beyond the fact that they that, that we as a people wanted to sit down at a table, Dr. King started attacking this whole idea of <laughs> uh, this, this economic justice. Hmm. And do you believe that, okay, if certain pastors start creating or using their voice to speak against these injustices, what that does to the people in which they desire to reach, or what that says about them being engaged in certain community. Well, we may not even be able to get a goddamn permit again. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it, like, all these different things. Like, so I need to speak really when I need to. Like, when, when I need, here it is. I need to speak when everybody agree with it. Yeah. That's when I come out. Like, when everybody's saying, yes, yeah. that's When I wrong. have no choice. Yeah, but everybody's saying it's wrong, right? Yeah. Compared wow. to... Well, it's kid, in Sacramento. It really ain't affecting like Atlanta. It ain't really wow. affecting yeah. Nashville. It's kind of like the pastors out there deal with it, right? 
Hell, pray about it. We'll do a visual. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Light some candles. We'll light some mm-hmm. candles. Sing a hymn. Yeah, sing mm-hmm. Kumbaya. Sing the same hymn King, King sang. Yeah, right. So I'm curious to know if that's the reason why our position, because um, I'm not going to say we're not, we're not, we're not educated enough to know. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think there's some pastors who are more concerned about uh, filling up the itinerary and the next Gucci loafers they gonna get, and um, um, you know the honorarium they gonna get, and uh, making sure their church stay packed, and and this and, is gonna rock the you know and, and, photo and the I was gonna say so they can pray at the mayor's uh, breakfast uh, mm-hmm. annual mm-hmm. breakfast every year and make sure they get invited to certain things. And so they're more concerned about that than 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 standing up for justice. Yeah, so it almost comes out with the question: we're, we're not we're not that much of a slave uh, with these situations. Like, yeah, we were slaves at one time, but I mean, we got we got a little bit of money in our pocket. I mean, you know, it ain't as bad as it used to be. Type mentality, right, that right. kind of concept. Like, yeah, things are not good, but they're not as bad as they used to be. Type mentality. So we should be happy about where we at right now, which is fucked up, <laughs> just to be honest. But. It says a lot, and I kind of want to go back to what you said, Dakari, about you know Jesus wasn't everywhere. I agree, but I also think what I get, what I understand, I gain from that is Jesus wasn't everywhere, but people are, and because people are, I don't think Jesus' omission was to do everything. Jesus' mission was right. to be the example and say that because I've done this, your ass should get up and do this. Greater works, greater works than me, and so I just kind of look at it from that standpoint of you're right, he didn't do everything, and I don't expect one person to do everything anyways. But I do believe in the standpoint of what what can we do? Yeah. Where should we be? And you know, a greater a greater argument to to your point, you're absolutely right. But I think we have to be clear and say everybody didn't believe what Jesus was doing. And That's it's right. the same way with fair, it's fair, the fair. same way when you talk about like everybody's not gonna believe in the mission of helping and healing people that are broken. Right. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? They just not it, they know about it. Yeah. And it, this is what's clear. You know what Jesus did, you heard about it, right? Right. right. But you was like, I don't really believe in that. That ain't my thing. Mm-hmm. And I think all those people are everywhere, everybody don't believe. Mm. That's true. That's absolutely true. Well, I guess right now we'll go ahead and take a break for our church announcements. Uh, so let's get to the church announcements. Uh, Nikki, go ahead and tell us about this story of what happened in Fort Worth. Yeah, uh, the Potter's House, Fort Worth. I don't know. Uh, there was a young lady by uh, the name of, I believe her name was Audrey Stevenson. Um, she was a, uh, member and also, well, they, they label her as a volunteer at the Potter's House, Fort Worth. This is not T.D. Jakes. Well, it's under his umbrella, but he's not the site pastor. Okay. Um, and so the young lady, I guess she had gotten sat down from, uh, participating in ministry and she somehow, um, there was an altercation from this, 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 this sitting down and, uh, they had her in the back and, um. And so she was uh, addressing the situation with the church administrator. She and the church administrator had a pretty heated exchange. And uh, Jason, the security guard, comes in. And Jason, the security guard, decides that uh, it is... It was Brandon. I'm sorry, Brandon. (laughs) Well, shit, fucking get me. I don't know. Fuckface. That's what his name is. Joe, Joe, where you at? Dismiss. He decides to... He decides to damn uh, uh, clothesline his heifer and, and, you know, elbow drop her on the ground. Um, oh yeah, she don't have to be no half. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. First I didn't mean it as a half. Yeah, they drug her and 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 and, and WWE her and you know Stone Cold stunned her and you know put her in handcuffs, detained her, and all while she's hollering, she just wants to leave. Right? She's like, I'm. I want to go. Oh yeah, we forgot about the kidnapping. Yeah, they kidnapped her. Yeah, this is this is really a movie like. 
I don't know, a Jason Bourne movie or something. Mm-hmm. You know, they done kidnapped her, beat the hell out of her, um, and, and, and and then, you know, released her to her mama um, or what have you. And so... Um, How old was she? I, I don't know. I'm not certain. I, I will, From the pictures I will see, I, I don't think she's any older than us. Mm-hmm. You know, probably younger. I mean, you know... Um, but what do y'all think? I mean, you know, somebody comes to serve. And I don't know. Maybe she was completely out of order. Does that justify her being dragged? But was she out of order from the context of that video? No. I don't think anything justifies, um, you know, her being treated in that manner. I, I, I'm not sure what out of order is. That's my problem. Like, Your ass is always out of order. Let me just say that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I mean, when it comes to, like, the church <laughs> protocol, I'm like, I don't... I hate the language. Yeah. I hate, yeah. I hate. you know, this is this is not, you know, black folks are always talking about something being decent. Get some order. It's in order. Isn't it in order. You know, like, it's like, come on, man. Like, that, nothing warranted her to be in a, in a space no. where, um, and you know what was interesting? Why did she record that? That says something, too, a lot about the culture. Mm, she wouldn't have been believed. Yes. Mm, yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that, that that's an interesting culture. So let's, let's, let's go there. Uh, so I was reading a Facebook post by a friend on there, and what it said was, uh, is the act of sitting someone down in church sexist and racist? And so I don't hear about white church. Do white churches sit people down? I hear yeah. some white church all the yeah, time. Yeah, they do. So, but who Your ass just disappear for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who? And they actually protect you. <laughs> they protect you. Okay, so what's that say about the black church was sitting down? What does that mean for us? What does that do? Especially hearing these words decent and in order and not hearing that they need to be sit down. Now, to be honest with you, in my context, I've never known anybody to be sat down. Okay. Like, per, you know, like I've never seen it. No, I, I have. I haven't seen it. I don't think. I if, if I have, I just ain't noticed, you know. Um, so I, I don't know what it, you know, close up and, and what that looks like. Okay. Um, so I, I, will, I will defer to you all. Well, I mean, I, I've seen that happen. I mean, one 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 case a prominent minister not in a particular church okay. um, <laughs> was, uh, you know, doing some. I think that not even where he should have been sat down. He's, I just don't. I don't fuck around with people fucking with kids at all. Like, period. That's just my thing. Like, you know, I, I mean, when I say kids, these people that I mean, they're they're college students, but to me, they're kids, and you are fifty years old. I just have a problem with you texting, you know, the fucking kids, man. Right. And right. I, versus being set now, I think you need to be fucking kicked out of the fucking church. So is this, look, so let me ask I mean, you. Well, so I mean, sit down I, is just like a like a, a suspension. It's like a suspension. Yep. Like okay. hey, we're gonna let you. So I guess I'll give an example of why I guess I asked this question. I saw it in two different situations. I think you said one, where I have saw, um, same instance, an adult messing with a little kid. And they said, sit him down. They weren't kicked out. They were sat down. So it just meant that they were suspended from their duties within it. And yeah. but, but the church, for some reason, still has grace, and that person's still able to go yeah. to the church, still be around everybody else's kid no or whatever. Now, the Man, other one that I saw, the other sit down. Get the fuck out right. of here. But then the other sit down <laughs> that I saw, which is why I have to ask this question again, it usually has to do with, with, with a woman getting pregnant. Uh, and okay, then I she has to go yeah. up there, and she has to say what supposedly her sins are in the situation. And then they take whatever privileges she has as a member of the church down and she can't participate with any of the church stuff. And so I started two or two, three different instances where, like we see it, you can see this male pastor, male preacher do something and 
technically he's still the pastor. He just ain't for the time being. But then you see this other person where they're kind of cascaded as a whole, uh, mm-hmm. the floozy of the church. You stay away from them. Uh, but I didn't hear nothing about the father <laughs> that, that was also a child, down. all these things. But it was particularly that that, that little well, girl. Who's going to preach on Sunday if yeah, you sit him down. Right. Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm going with this sit down from what I read with this from this post was, is that a sexist and racist act? I, I, I don't know. Again, like, I, I don't think... So, I guess... I don't know enough of it to, to say yay or nay. Um, like, is it, are these the only ways you can get sat down? Or is there qualifications for being sat down? Well, from her, from her standpoint, that video that we saw, it didn't really seem like she did shit at all. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't know what the fuck that shit her down, I don't know what that I have issues with that. I, I, I think to answer your question, I can't totally agree with that, that statement. Because I can understand it being sexist if it was in the context of a woman, um, being told she can't speak, she can't talk, like using that scripture uh, to justify that, but just flat out saying that's sexist, because honestly, I ain't gonna lie to you. I also said sexist and racist. racist. I I don't I'm not I'm not sure. To me, that's a reach. Okay. Um, I can't totally say like that's that's that because if you think about sexist, in my opinion, uh, and I can only say I can't really say if it's racist because I only operate in one context, which right. is black. Okay. Like I can't say yeah. if I was in you know in a space where it was, I was in a mixed church and all that I you know but for sexist for for, for reasons like this I I've only seen one female in my entire life being sat down and I've been in church all my life but most of the people I, I see get sat down are men so I can't say I can't validate that argument I saw one woman that was because of the pregnancy piece um, and they did something to the guy too. Okay. Because he was also a, a prominent guy. Well, of uh, course. You know, uh, well, he wasn't a preacher, but he uh, he had a pretty decent role. And I, mean, I was actually happy because he was, I ain't gonna lie to you, I, I'm not knocking uh, the woman and her responsibility, which I think is bullshit anyway. But like him, he was really on some fuck shit. Mm. Like he, he, like, I wish they would have set her down. Yeah. Like for real, for real. Like he, it was him. He was the, he was a whole yeah. disrespectful guy. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, but back back to this incident, right? I think it's 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 crazy because um, there have been women who've come out and have been um, defending um, the church and the security guard, whatever it's Brandon Joe yeah. Johnson, whatever his name is, uh, defending him, saying that this young lady Audrey brought this upon herself because she suffers from mental health issues. Ugh, they try to use mental illness excuse. Well, I mean, it works for white boys when they shoot up schools, so why not? Yeah. But but, but the difference is that they're defending the white boys, <laughs> not, not, not necessarily the person, in this case, that actually might have, possibly have mental issues, but they're using that as a reason to get her out of yeah. the situation. And the truth is, most motherfuckers in church got mental illness. Everybody yeah. in the motherfucker. Everybody, everybody in the world, got, we all got something. Nigga, that's why we go to church. Yeah, we, yeah. we all got something <laughs> fucking with us internally. Like, right. we're wrestling with something. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Random shit going through your mind while you sitting in church. Like, damn, I'm fucked up, man. Right. I'm glad I came today. Right. I think about killing that motherfucker last night. I'm glad I got up this <laughs> I almost didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I shouldn't have laughed at that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I do, but I had a lot of crazy thoughts. I was like, I'm gonna fuck this guy up next time I see him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like one of the best. One of the best. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck him up, man. Next time I see him, it's over with for that bastard. You know. I think it goes back to. But I think it goes back to the devalue of black women 
in black church. Yeah. In black, you know, because I, I was reading some of like the, the responses to the post was like, oh, we need to wait and see. And has she just listened? None of this would have happened. She and, would yeah. And, and one dude was like, because uh, he's a doctor. Or something. Well, he says he he's in the medical profession. Let me say that. He said he's in the medical profession. And, and the young lady posted pictures of her bruises. And he like, them bruises is like a, a year old at least. Like, he was, <laughs> I've never seen a broom. I saw that I saw that phone get flipped real quick when she was on the ground. Now I definitely saw that. And I saw how big that motherfucker was. So I, at least I think at the heart. Did you see how I, small his t shirt was though? Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was I was hoping, you know, Potter's house would have better security. I was just oh, like, Lord, just cause you big you know, all black thought he was gonna yeah. hide them titties. Help him, Jesus. <laughs> Help him, Jesus. You can't hide them jugs. Look like two, two deflatable water balloons. Oh, we'll be kicked off for fast shaving. Lord, help us, Jesus. I ain't fat shaming. Help us, Jesus. He's a fucking mess, man. Messing with that lady. That bothered me. I have to kick him in his fucking throat, man. He was really uh, physically abusing that shirt, though. That shirt was. That shirt. Yeah. That shirt needs to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think at the heart of at the heart of even our church announcements, that I think that was an injustice there. Absolutely. And um, I hope hopefully that they can um, reconcile um, with her. And my thing is, if, I hope they pay her. Yeah. Well, you know, what, whatever they need to do, they need to make it right. You know, um, at least give a refund back on uh, at least some of the tithes. So offer offer it. It. Well, even even if she tithes or not, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> that, that's what this is all about. We <laughs> yeah. see you in that Baptist dollar every Sunday. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you, I mean, gotta, I, sit down. you can't do the welcome <laughs> if you only go <laughs> give a dollar. This camera time is reserved I'm, for paying tithes. I'm assuming if she was giving like that, they want to fuck with her at all. Right. That's a whole nother. You gotta sit. You want to sit high. You gotta pay high. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what's going on. Yeah. You know so. Well, like, Yo, so so all y'all churches, y'all make sure y'all get uh, secu- real security guards and not just the 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 the, the lady who cooks chicken in the back. Nephew named Brandon with small t-shirts on. Make sure you get some liability insurance too, uh, just in case yeah. for the lawsuit with all that. And I guess that's the end of our church announcements. <laughs> uh, so let's get on to. Um, hey, uh, why don't we talk about this Erica Fenton? Issue that this a local issue that just happened here. So uh, who, who knew about this story? One of y'all two knew about this story. Well, I mean, just to paraphrase it, uh, what I saw was that she was indicted on two hundred and seventeen charges for money laundering. Two hundred seventeen. Yeah, supposedly <sighs> she was getting money from a guy by the name of Sylvester, who was, uh, I guess, helping her fund her nightclub. It would be some nigga named Sly, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's always a telltale. And I, I, and I heard, not heard, I read actually where it was. Per count, the bond was two hundred fifty thousand dollars per count. Two hundred thousand per count. Per count. Oh, so she ain't getting out. No, 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 no. Oh lord. Mm-hmm. And so I'm. Um, Ooh, two hundred seventeen and two hundred fifty thousand. When I went, when I looked at the uh, thing, I went down line by line. It was I stopped probably after you know twenty. <laughs> I didn't want to keep reading, you wow. know. Uh, but for each count, and I think from what I heard, now I did hear this. They said that every time she made a transaction, that's what her two hundred seventeen. Yeah, that's what it, that's what I so read as well. Two hundred seventeen transactions, and they put a count on that. Yeah, now, so, now Erica was the owner of Cloud Nine. Yeah, uh, that was the hookah bar. bar. And, uh, it was in Antioch. No, it was not too far from. It was uh, uh, East Nashville. Yeah. It was in East Nashville. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, you know they had a couple of shootings up there, murder. Um, I don't know if it was two murders. I know. I know the murder is why it closed. closed. This last, yeah. yeah, but it was a shooting. I think there two prior to that. So it's. Um, there were a lot of issues over there, but I, I went. I, I went. Okay. Uh, it was a nice spot. Cause what, the, what was his name? The, the photographer. Didn't he? Wasn't he one of the owners or something in that place? Uh, the, it starts with a D. I I'm not. I'm not sure. I just knew. I knew a couple of the security officers that work at our church actually worked okay. there. Okay. Um, 
And uh, I went there a couple of times. Did they have small t-shirts? No, they actually was in uniform, so. <laughs> they were no small, no no small t-shirts, huh? No slamming women, huh? But I, yeah, I, I just think that that's another injustice, uh, mm. in my opinion. Um, I'm, I'm not, and again, these are things, when we talk about these things, it'd be good to have a lawyer here to kind of help explain. You know, something, I just don't see uh, a reason for, like like Jeezy said, you can get more time for selling drugs than murder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's weird. The system mm-hmm. is just crazy. Like, I don't get it. You know, I, I don't yeah. get it. I mean, And the fact that she didn't sign, she was a drug dealer. No, no she, she no. yeah, I was going to say, and I think that's a, the behind the scenes story. Like, she, she took the money or she, the drug dealer was kind of a, an investor. Yeah. You know, she was looking for private investors. investors to invest in her business. And so she went to people she knew, apparently, and... Um, you know, I mean, you don't ask investors where they get their money from. I, I have never, I never went to the bank and said, Hey, Bank of America, where y'all get y'all money from? Yeah, it's you from know, it probably, it probably came from, uh, the, the cartel somewhere. Right. <laughs> Real to fund, talk. To fund a lot of this stuff, the Republican party, I but yeah, you know, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's it, how she got in the situation. What makes it so, um, I guess egregious in a sense is that, um, most black people, when we go to start businesses or people of color, we don't, you know, have, um, we don't have the source or the funding that a lot of others do. And so we go to the people we know, and this could be a very common story. Like this doesn't have to just be limited to her. This could be a lot of people's story. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and the, the system just, you know, piled on this poor, this woman, you know, I'm not going to say poor, like poor, poor woman, you know, but they piled on this woman, um, some, some, some incredible uh, charges like I mean like goodness gracious I mean we, we again Hobson Sterling's murderers are walking free so y'all um, think this is more about them just not liking that club in East Nashville especially the type of area in East Nashville I was gonna say now. it became apparent that that club was not gonna last um, a lot of the homeowners in that area were yeah. complaining about it a lot of the business owners so I do think that is um, a part of it I also think it might be a, a great tactic to get her to tell on some people mm, um, you know true. Um, so I, I don't know, but it, it, it doesn't sound like this should be, I mean, 250,000 yeah. <laughs> on each count. Yeah. Like that, that just wow. sounds excessive to me. Yeah, disrespectful actually. Yeah. 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 I just don't, I mean, again, I hate, I'm going to still bring this up. had a buzzer that just yelled out like at, uh, Office Depot, you know, I said that was easy. We had one just like, injustice. You know, just like. Remember the guys that were doing all this Wall Street stuff a few years ago? Right. Like, what did they get? Did they get charges like this? Probably not. Maybe one or two of them. Yeah, I'm just like, I mean, she... Maybe one or two of them, because, you know, you always got to have a fall guy. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll eat good. Uh, The difference is, in this case, though, which is is interesting, I'm wondering if she'll go to the feds. This uh, uh, money... I don't know. That's a good point. I don't know. Compared to, like, always, they see this as a criminal, because drugs are criminal. I don't know. That's where we do need a lawyer. I I don't know about that one. It's a lot. Let's go to another one. Uh, unless y'all, are we done with no, this no, one? No, no, we're done. We're done with this one. All right, let's talk about the Howard uh, University embezzlement. Uh, Nikki, look, go ahead and start us on this one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember the guy's name. He's a student at Howard. Uh, he was Howard Law, I believe. And um, he worked in the financial aid office, and they said he embezzled. About a half a million? Yeah, about a half a million. 
Um, and uh, if you haven't been paying attention to Black Twitter, you need to because Black Twitter is letting this man have it. Um, but he supposedly embezzled a half a million, um, which is, you know, I mean, we all went to HBCUs. Right. But did he take it from the school or from, from the government? Well, financial aid, but I think it also hurt other. So let's I think it hurt students. Yeah. Oh, okay. If there are students, the I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you. You get the government. I wouldn't have no problem with it. I think there was a bigger <laughs> issue that name. happened where yeah, <laughs> someone wasn't getting their financial aid. I think they yeah. went to the school. And the school saw that they had, I guess, some uh, some issues. Like I've heard, money. yeah, people were being put out for like two thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I think that's when they found out, like, hey. There's a bigger issue going on, which he might be just a fall guy too. It might be some bigger things, but I mean, five hundred a half a half million dollars is still a lot of money. And all I know, oh, is I saw they go to him. I saw no. I saw the nice listen. coats this nigga was wearing. I saw the beaches and I saw the. Hey, y'all gotta send me that link. I, 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 I had oh, seen. He had a, a personal right videography. What's, what's the hashtag on Twitter? I don't know. I got. He, I love the fact that he had one one picture I saw. This man, uh, he got a, a picture. He's walking around with like a Gucci bag. He like semesters over, just secured the bag. Just flipped through him right there. Oh, <laughs> like, this is him. I saw this, but I didn't know what. Oh that, yeah, um, he on beaches. He with a mink. He got that nigga with the mink. He out with his toes out. Yeah, like he just living his best life. You see the you see the man bag. You see the merch. I want somebody somebody posted a picture of this guy jumping up in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what that was about. I was like, who is this guy? Just happy, carefree. Yeah. Care so I'm you. My HBCU <laughs> treat me good. Another semester now, another bag secured. He out there stunting on homecoming and stuff. <laughs> Throwing day parties. Oh, God. And this one. It's the real king of you streets. So there's, a, there's a picture of Tyrone sitting on the beach. He a VIP with Puffy for Tyrone, I need more financial aid or I won't be able to attend the semester. I can't hear you over these waves, sweetie. Oh, wow. Take that. Yeah. Wow. It's you, baby. <laughs> and then, and then boy got on the Frank Lucas chinchilla. Yeah! I think I got this man caught up. He should have learned from history. <laughs> he ain't learned from history at all. Hey, oh, yeah, this is what I saw. Somebody posted this Pell Grant scholarship <laughs> <laughs> scam. Oh, wow. Yeah, this man was out here living. A lot of people got kicked out. Living it up. We have watched from the hilltop. <laughs> As our final change has been overseen by a child. Many were expelled, kicked out. Damn, Tyrone. <laughs> so this man may live. For yeah. seven years. Now, that's my problem. Seven years. Nobody checked the books for seven years to see what was going on. I, I, I think somebody else is money. responsible for oh, this. Yeah, no, we know this. We know this. We know this. He's yeah. a fall guy. Yeah. And he ain't been arrested in night yet either, has he? I don't know. I've been enjoying know. these memes too much. I, I haven't even yeah, really dug into it deeply. Yeah. Well... Well then, Justice. Uh, well, <laughs> At a dude, black school, right? Dude, uh, there you have it. <laughs> so I can tell you on that one. I guess uh, we done with that one. Well, we got one more. Uh, let's talk about uh, Martin Luther the King. He's my favorite. This, and, uh, this being uh, 50 years. April 4th. It'll be 50 years since uh, his assassination. And you know what's crazy about King? As much as I love him, I wrote my thesis on him. Uh, I read a lot of his books. I have never been to Lorraine. Lorraine Motel. Lorraine Motel. I go to Memphis all the time. I've never been either. It's for reasons. I I, I felt like I was tricked into going. So I went to this. This is me being young and still in college. Was I heard we was going to Civil Rights Museum? I didn't realize it was it was the same. It was the same hotel. And so when we got to that last piece, they said this is the room that he was in before he died. And like 
my body just like, what the fuck? Like, I, this is the spot, and like it just changed. It oh, changed so you, can, whole, you can go up there. Yeah, well, they have it like closed off, like, but you can see into the room and all this stuff. I think they left. They said they left the room the way that it that it was. Or whatnot. I'm sure some niggas stole some shit. Right. I mean, no, it's it's, it's glass stuff. You know, what I'm, more of what I'm saying is it still looked like a nigga. Oh, okay. They replicated oh, it. Oh, they yeah. replicated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but I, I I didn't realize that until I got there and I said, oh, wow, we're actually You know here. Jesse went up there and stole some you stuff out of his nigga, suitcase. You know went over there wiped his blood on that shirt that day to go through that. That's uh, what I heard. I heard he did that. Stole a few speeches and blood. sermons. Yeah, Jesse's full of shit. But yeah, man, 50 years. Uh... I mean, they say a lot about Memphis. They say a lot about Tennessee. They say a lot about our world. Um, I mean, when, when we think about the uh, the quote that says, uh, "Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere," I think of Martin Luther King with all this, and I think it goes back to what you said earlier about this economic piece because King was really about that poor the poor yeah. people's campaign. He shit yeah. I mean, I mean, but the moment that nigga, the year before, where that nigga talked about the the yeah, Vietnam, Vietnam War, War, yeah, and then hey, to the to the day, Almost a year the day. later, yeah. they got that big. And I'm just like, man. And it just, and and I, I guess my question is, is how much has the world changed in 50 years, uh, to where we still in 2018 still talking about police brutality, still talking about violence, killings. Um, what does that say about us within I, 50 I, years? I, I think I think what's true is, I mean, we can't deny that there's progress, right? I mean, we we can't deny that shit. I mean, as much as we say, well, we still got a long way to go. I agree with that statement too. But again, for us to even be able to do this podcast. Right, for us Very to true. be able to walk on Vanderbilt's campus as black students, and despite the fact that they don't want me in a study group, I was able to get in that school. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's some real shit for me. Like to be able to walk on a campus that I, I'm sure my ancestors would have never been afforded the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Of uh, I can see, you know, progress. I, 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 I don't live in fear of walking on a sidewalk next to a white person and. Um, I'm having to get off the sidewalk. That shit, they tried that shit today. I Somebody get fucked fear. up. I do live in fear in the elevator, though. I'm not getting an elevator for white women. Yeah, that, that, that's, really that, that, that's still a that's real fear. That's real fear. fear. Yeah, I, but even a when sidewalk I, ain't moving for them niggas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't moving for black niggas. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I think we have made progress. Uh, and I mean, I'm grateful for King. I, I don't think he should have been martyred for that. I don't think um, I'm not gonna glorify that. Like, had he not died, we wouldn't know. I think that that I'm just not in that space uh, to even you know vouch for shit like that happening for us to have freedom. But I am saying I'm grateful for his sacrifice along with the millions of others um, that we don't even talk about. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's tough to celebrate his life in this way. Uh, he was murdered. Like mm. that's some real shit. Like, and we and to this day, I'm not sure who the killer was. I don't think it was the guy. I don't think it was Charles. Uh, because he actually came out and said he didn't do it. He took the L for it. Yeah, uh, uh, right. With uh, Coretta and them, like right before he died. James Earl. James Earl. Ray, yeah, I said Charles. Damn. Yeah. Well, uh, considering you know James Lawson was his pastor when he died too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, James Lawson was the reason that King was even in Memphis. Yeah, I know. Uh, so you talk about reconciliation. And Forgiveness and all these other different things. It's just very interesting um, with all of it, man. I think when I think about the 50 years, I do. I, I think more for me is what happens to our potential, mm. to the ones that really, that yes, yes, King changed the world, but what would happen if he actually was alive? How much more could he change him? To Malcolm X. Listen, and guys were here. The brothers oh and sisters that are locked up in prison, like you know, that's my biggest issue is that 
the people that we have that are locked up in prison, that's really our greatest potential energy. Man. And it's and our energy is being locked away from a lot of things that happen. And I'm just thinking fifty years from that fifty years from that time, our potential is still in some way, shape, or form being killed off or locked away. And I just wonder like and that's how why much I think, more. Yeah. That's why I think honestly the dialogue needs to change with, with generations right now. Like a lot of the things that we do, but well, I'm very fascinated, and that's why I talk to my grandmother a lot. We don't have those narratives anymore where we're actually having conversations about life like what was it like for you to live during these times, right? Okay. What is this like? We have conversations about what generations aren't doing. Okay. I think, I think in terms of potential, I think our potential, if if younger people can sit with with, our, with, with with the older generation and really have those conversations about, like I always ask my grandmother, why do you never question God? And she can give me a backstory about what it was like to live in 1929 or 1937, mm-hmm. you know, like 1942, right? I don't think we have those stories or those narratives. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when you talk about potential, my potential could be greater if I knew stories. Mm. I think, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I believe I, stories, the history um, kind of is so unique to us furthering all missions. Right. You know, so I think if we could really get with ancestors of King, like really sit down with King's sister. Okay. Christine, like, like really say, hey, you, she's still here. How do we engage her not to do a dang on prayer? Or try to mimic like how they had Dr. King's granddaughter. I'm not saying that was, you know, at the um, March 5th. Oh, March 5th. I'm not saying that's not something she wanted to do, right? But how do we get them out of those spaces where they are expected to be like these great orators, but really sit with them and say, what was it like to, like, I don't want to talk to Bernice a little bit more. What do you remember? You know what I'm saying? Like, these are the things I think can really help when you talk about potential for me. Yeah. What's your thoughts, Nick? I don't, I don't, um, I don't know. You know, I think, um, what would have been 50 years, the potential of what we would have 50, if, if those 50 plus years, I think for Malcolm would be like 53, something like that. Um, man, I don't know. I, I look at it as, man, so it's, it's, it's what, Holy Week, um, where we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. I think resurrection in Greek means to rise up, to cause a stir. I think, you know, a revolt, I think. You know, we definitely would be having more, more revolts, and I think, you know, um, for us, I think the lessons we can learn are to rise up, whether that be in the political realm, whether that be on the streets, like just, just wreaking havoc. Like, no, this can't be quiet. We can't go quietly into the night. We gonna stand up and we gonna rise up. Whether that's these kids, who last week had the march for our lives, who rose up with that. Um, I, I think, I think it's. I think what we can learn and take from them is that, you know, King, Malcolm, um, and all, I, my mind is gone, but all um, Bobby Seals and all, all, all these, um, these, these wonderful ancestors of the civil rights movement um, and the black power movement all rose up. You know what I mean? They all created a stir and on to Christ. You know what I mean? Like he came in and created a stir and rose up. And I think that's, that's what we take. We should take from them is not to go quietly, not to to sit and, and let the status quo be, but to rise up and to fight injustice wherever it, we see it. You know, and it doesn't necessarily. You know, I love what you were saying, Dakar. You know, talking to the the lineage or those who are left from the King family, um, because if you look at Kings, his mom was assassinated as well. Right. You know what I mean? You so forget that, about that. It tells me that, that this is, he was brought up in a household that that armed him with the, and equipped him to stand up and rise up. You know what I mean? And so I think that's one of the things, you know, um, 
In church. Yeah, in church while she was playing the organ. Wow. And yes. this was after King had already been yes. killed. Wow. Yes. You know. You know, wow. so I think that that in itself, you know, raising our young people um, up, which gives me such hope to see these kids that who are doing the March for Our Lives, that they, they are like, no, nah, we, we, we ain't going quiet. No, nah, enough is enough. Um, and not just on the, what was on CNN, but the marches that took place here in Nashville and all over the country. I think that's dope. I also think, you know, talking to those elders who are still here um, in our own local communities, um, mm-hmm. you know, talking to them, talking to your grandmama, your granddaddy, yeah. your auntie, you know, those, 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 those people who've seen some troubled times, we we're seeing some now, but they, they know trouble in a whole different way. Um, uh, you know, they didn't even have the right to vote for, um, the mayor or the yeah. sheriff or, you know, their council people. And they still had to pay taxes and still had to, yeah. you know, um, so to, to be able to, uh, to, to rise up, I think that that's the biggest, I think, takeaway. And I think that's what they would have pushed us to do if they were here to not to be quiet. You know, what is that saying? Like if you, if you don't say that you hate your oppressor or something, they'll, they'll kill you yeah. and say you enjoyed it or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and I, I probably screwed up that whole quote, but that's it's something. George Bush screwed up. That, that yeah. Was it was kind of like, like them fuzzy yeah, numbers. Those, those funny hey, you know, fuzzy numbers. A, my, my last point. Uh, on, on this whole thing, you know, I make this argument. The 1963 King, if he was still living, would have been the first black president. I have a dream King would have mm. been, been the president. He would have been the first black president in the United mm. States if he stayed in that space. The people, I, I would argue that he, if Jesse fucking Jackson, Jackson won five fucking, Dr. King, I think, I would argue that he, I believe he could You think first, he would have been the first black president? I, that, that King? 1963 King? Oh, I don't so. think so. That, 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 that. I have a dream. Nice ass King? Yeah, but. King too? Well, I mean, ah! I mean they, they was good. I can't even say this. Yeah, yeah, but Bobby got protection. I'm not sure uh, about that. Uh, I think. think, black I man think I'm not saying King would have became president in 1963. I was going to say, when would he have become yeah, president? I, I think, I think, in 92? I, I don't know about 92. I think he could have. He'd have been like Nelson think, Mandela. I think he could have swept in there around the late 80s, though. I don't know. I just think about that DMX song. There was. He did it. He did it. I don't know. I feel like all that stuff would have I think if King had stayed, that guy. If King had I don't think his nice, narrative would have changed, though. Nah, it wouldn't have. What I'm saying is, like, we now have this Hallmark King. Yeah. I don't think we would have had yeah. a Hallmark King had yeah. he stayed alive. Yeah, I agree. That's true. I agree with that. Nah, you're damn. That's why, that's why I said, like, I stopped him at 63. I'm saying, I'm saying, that King, when everybody was like, yo, this motherfucker really didn't get killed doing that speech. Like, mm-hmm. that King, that motherfucker that can stand up there and do all mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and people was fucking with him. You know what I'm like, hey! You know, damn, this motherfucker mean with the president. You know, like, he's sitting there with his legs crossed, yeah. making demands. I mean... It was in the White House, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he was kind of far because he, because he, because he, yeah. you know? he rose up though. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't I'm like saying, I, I it wasn't that, like Lyndon Johnson and JFK just wanted to meet with this motherfucker because yeah. he but, was nice. But, I think JFK <laughs> fucked with him though. You know more than well, you know, pimping knows pimping. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm saying this. You know, one of our professors, I ain't gonna call his name, but he said this one of our classes, and uh, I loved every moment of it. It was a big argument, but. I loved his honesty. Like, it, I ain't gonna lie, it was the first time I've ever seen, like, sexism in a class. Like, it was really fun, though. Like, it was, like, really bad of the sexes. He said, how do we know that Dr. King and Coretta didn't have an understanding? And I sat there, and I was like, I mean, we literally had to take the conversation. You know what, Professor, I'm talking about. We had to take the conversation over the middle. You actually said the name before the show, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I, we, <laughs> ended up going, we ended up going over the mellow mushroom after class just yeah. to finish, because the shit was so deep. So I've had the, I had the <laughs> privilege of, uh, of, 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 get, of knowing in my childhood, Gardner C. Taylor. 
Oh, wow. That's dope. Yeah. And uh, hearing those stories from Gardner C. Taylor. Uh, I can't say them all here. We can talk about them in Mellow Mushroom, too. But hearing some of the things that Gardner C. Taylor, who vacationed with the Kings, yeah. was a close friend, you yeah. know, hey, hearing those hey, stories. He was his mentor. He loved, Dr. King loved Gardner. Man, yeah. listen, hearing those stories, yeah. I, you know, like, I, and it took me to be an adult to really, really appreciate it. But, man, like, you know, and, you know, Dr. Taylor died, what, two, three years yeah, ago? Very recently. recently. But, I mean, his mind was his incredibly mind was sharp. And, uh, you know, he could tell some stories now, you know. So, yeah, like, again, sitting down with the elders. um, And I I think that that helped me. Like, my my grandparents, because my parents traveled a lot when we were kids, kind of, you know, that's who we were with. So I'm comfortable with old people, too, you know, Mm -hmm. older people. And and sitting down, hearing their stories is, is like, yeah. I get my best speaking, like, my my best stories come from, like, like, when people hear me speak, they're like, damn it, he referenced you know, he referenced, you know, such and such. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I can reference what my grandma when she talked about this particular oven that they had. Like, some good preaching come from that stuff. Hey, listen. You know what I'm saying? Listen. <laughs> my, my uncle told me this dope story, man, and it, it helps me every day, right? He told me, like, when he was dating my auntie, her parents would trust him and give him the keys to their car and get him, like, their bank deposits to take to the bank and stuff. And this was, like, they was fresh. They were still dating. And he asked um, his father-in-law... Um, why they trusted him and he was like we don't trust you we trust our daughter's choice in you and i always remembered mm. that like sometimes you in spots not because of who good how good you are but because somebody vouched for your punk ass he's alright listen listen I just want the collection plates yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric gonna wrap us up man. Gonna wrap, we'll wrap it up then gonna wrap, uh, you're supposed to wrap it up you know what I mean shit out here you too Eric gonna wrap us up man yeah man I think this was a good episode I really appreciate the fact that uh, uh, that we talked about injustice on so many different levels and not just really one aspect of it but I think also too uh, where do we go from here um, it's always the question. I mean, we're in fucking 2018, and in some ways, you're still like, how much more do we got to go to kind of feel this liberation or to kind of feel this freedom or whatever mm-hmm. this 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 uh this this essence. I don't even want to say essence, but this this piece of something that makes us feel completely like human beings. Um, and I think that's what I want. I ain't gonna lie to you. I kind of feel like we need to put this out tomorrow on Good Friday. I think this is a good Good Friday. Uh, episode for somebody, or at least by April fourth, um, just to talk about a lot of these different issues. Let's do, I, it on, let's do it on. Let's do it on Kings. Uh, let's do it on the fourth. Yeah, let's do it on April fourth um, because I just think um, this is this, this is the conversations that need to happen right now. What what does this mean? Fifty years later, uh, what does this mean for us? And where do we want to go? Instead of everybody hijacking King or hijacking what the mission, the message was, how do we live that out? How do we embody that? Uh, to make it really work for our communities and for our people. So that's really what I'm going to leave it on on that one. Um, so if y'all ain't got nothing else to say, I guess I'll give a benediction. You're listening to The Wolves Podcast. The strength of our podcast is us, The Wolves. Make sure to check us out at W-O-L-V-E-S-P-O-D. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. Have a good one.